Hi everyone, welcome back to the Summer Financial Services podcast series by Bird and Bird. I'm Sumi Kagram, a trainee currently sitting with the commercial team in our London office. I'll be hosting today's podcast. Today we're recording part two of a two-part podcast on the digital transformation process currently underway in the financial services sector. We will be chatting about the future of the financial services industry and its impact on the wider economy. I'm joined by Giuseppe and Christina again today. For those of you who missed part one of this podcast, Giuseppe D'Agostino is co-head of the International Finance and Financial Regulation team. He is based in Italy and prior to joining Bird and Bird, he worked for the Italian Financial Supervisory Authority. He brings with him a wealth of regulatory experience. We're also joined by Christina Fleming. Christina is an associate based in the London commercial team. She specialises in technology transactions and has a particular focus on fintech and the financial services sector. Christina is knowledgeable about all things innovative, including blockchain, open banking, cryptocurrencies and NFTs. Giuseppe, Christina, shall we jump straight into questions today? Giuseppe, could you talk a bit about digital transformation specifically in the financial services sector? Certainly. Digital transformation and digital disruption are affecting not only economy, but also all segments of financial intermediation. And this is due to the development of new services, new business model based on cutting-edge technology. This is a dynamic phenomenon and is called fintech revolution. It's made of experiment, proliferation, cross-use of techniques, for front-end or back-end financial services structure. But to be clear, fintech is not just an innovative way to rethink traditional financial services. It's a game-changing force. Technology, and as I prefer, the new tech knowledge, opens up the possibility of creating, shaping, connecting, coordinating services of different kinds, traditionally segmenting distant domains. So, Many fintech firms offer complete end-to-end solution for payments, current account aggregation apps that leverage the possibility of PSD2, credit risk analytics, and personal financial management tools that banks can white-label and use to improve their services to their own customers. In other words, Thanks to technology, under the pressure, big techs and new social behaviors, mostly by digital natives, as Christina already mentioned it, banks will soon gear up to become open platform for financial and non-financial services, leveraging an enormous mass of granular information they possess about their clients and through partnership with innovative fintech companies. In this context, Banks must be able to manage contractual relationships on a multilateral basis with a set of fintech companies. And this is in order to coordinate services to end customers and clearly outline the scope, different degree of participation in the supply system. And so in this moment, in this, in this way to uh, depict the related civil liabilities. Thanks, Giuseppe. It sounds like a really exciting time for the financial services sector with all that new technology and the new tech knowledge as well. Christina, I'd love to hear your take on whether fintech just impacts the financial services sector. 
Will the developments we've been talking about today make any real differences in the wider economy? Yeah, I think, you know, absolutely not. I think fintech is something that impacts all sectors. So take payments, for example, where the evolution in payments models has been something that's really taken off, you know, over the past 12 months. And it starts moving from being purely about financial services and moves into sectors such as retail. So, for example, payment service providers are increasingly involved in ensuring consumers have a seamless customer journey with frictionless checkouts and payment options or for the, or for example, the option to use buy now, pay later models. Um, so I think it's this idea of embedded finance that's something that's important to get right from a user experience perspective, whether it be settling your bill in a restaurant, signing up to a music subscription service or ordering your weekly grocery shopping. And correctly integrating financial services also into the back-end infrastructure is equally important in a, in a B2B model. So I think open banking APIs is something that's definitely helping accelerating this sort of trend of integrated finance. And Giuseppe, have you had similar experiences to Christina? Do you agree with her analysis? Yes, definitely. If we think about the functioning of some large e-commerce platforms, we can imagine that this model can be applied in the financial sector as well. A typical example is given by the digital lending marketplaces that help match through sophisticated high AI algorithms, credit supply and credit demand as an alternative to banking intermediation. These online financial markets have no logical or operational differences from any other multilateral e-commerce platforms. The main ingredients remain data, analytics and ICT. It's really interesting to hear about that parallel and overlapping technology that's used in the fintech space and the e-commerce space. We've recently seen varied, a number of varied companies with different backgrounds from outside of the traditional banking space entering the finance market. Is that because the technology in the banking sector and outside of it are similar? You know, what makes fintech so popular with companies outside the traditional finance sector, Giuseppe? I think it's a question of opportunity and complementarity. Technology makes financial services easy to reproduce. Therefore, fintech is a phenomenon that crosses economic boundaries between traditional financial sectors, finance, banking, insurance, and between FBI, finance, banking, insurance, and technology, media, telecommunications sectors. We've already seen e-commerce tech and social media companies such as Apple, Google, Samsung, Amazon, the Chinese Alibaba, invading, investing in the mobile payment space. It's easy to imagine this giant entity offering an open banking app that aggregates financial services for retail clients into the space of a mobile phone or other types of electronic devices that anyone can easily use. These new forms of banking increase the pressure on incumbent banks to improve their offering and usually benefit consumers. I'm curious to see how these banking incumbents and big tech giants will operate in the market in the future. Giuseppe, what do you predict for the future of the financial services market? It's a difficult question. Okay, to answer, I try. I would like to highlight some factual circumstances. As most financial transactions can be reproduced digitally, financial markets could experience a process of disaggregation, a reassembly of financial services supply, and this leading to the breakdown of the conventional financial intermediation value chain. 
non-banking tech companies are going to enter as new players into the financial market, well-known big tech companies, tech firms, multimedia news and data providers, or even the traditional telecom companies, other than fintech startups and scale-ups. Therefore, the universe of the fintech companies is large and diverse. And in this context, the intensive use technology data analytics allow fintech firms to challenge traditional banks and financial intermediaries through the provision of customer-tailored and cost-effective products. But at the same time, I think that fintech and banks are forced to work together to enhance their respective strengths and reduce their competitive weaknesses. Fintechs are innovative from a technological point of view, but with a limited market space, while banks, on the other hand, enjoy market recognition, but suffer from technological legacy. Their partnership is therefore mutually convenient. This will have a strong impact on the structure of financial services offerings, even with the bulky presence of big techs. That's an interesting exercise in looking into the future. Christina, how do you see the market changing in the next few years? I would say I think this sort of marketplace style business model is definitely something we'll see more of over the next, say, five to six years. I think previously this was something that was more present in markets like China and Singapore, where, you know, your messaging app on your phone might also be the same technology you use to buy your coffee or transfer cash to a friend. Whereas now in the UK, I think we're seeing more fintechs opting for this marketplace style model. So even if the fintech itself doesn't directly offer a savings account, for example, you can still invest in a savings product via the banking app or by travel insurance or crypto. Um, and I think this was part of the thinking behind perhaps the Facebook DM currency that you can have your messaging app alongside your e-wallet and capitalizing on the customer relationship and, and data ownership. I would say that open banking is also something that's helped fintechs start to maintain strong customer relationships. And just to give some context on what open banking is, so open banking or PSD2 as it's known in Europe, is a set of regulations which started coming into effect in 2018, which allows third-party technology companies and other fintechs to access banks' customer data and to initiate payments, for example, provided that they have the customer's permission. This information is shared through an open API or application programming interface, as it's also known, with software which allows the financial institutions to interact and exchange data. One of the ideas behind open banking is the aim to increase competition and innovation in an already competitive payments industry. And I think we're already seeing some of this come through with some of the new PIS services that PSD2 is really encouraged to develop. Thanks for that insight, Christina. I've definitely heard a lot about open banking in the last few weeks. I think it's the hot topic of the moment. Um, so between us, we've all talked about companies entering the fintech space, but what do you think about fintech firms entering other markets? Giuseppe, do you think we'll see fintechs enter entering other spaces? Definitely, yes. Developments have also been made in simplifying the relationship between financial institutions and clients. So I believe that there is a wide room for services based on effective combination of ICT and applied cognitive science, as in the case of biometric recognition, credit scoring, or KYC applications. And um, have you seen similar things, Christina? Um, so yes, I think in line with this um, marketplace style business model we've been looking at, 
you've already had the idea for a while that you might sign up to some form of current account package, which includes, for example, travel insurance or breakdown cover. But as fintechs seek to own more and capitalize on their customer relationships, I think even in the past couple of weeks, I've seen examples of fintech platforms also starting to offer things like holiday rentals. Wow. So... Our bank might be offering holiday rentals and our estate agents might be dabbling in payments technology. Yeah, it's all going on. <laughs> Jess, Sophie, do you think the change will be that drastic? Will anything be the same in the future? As I said earlier, fintech is a dynamic phenomenon. It's difficult to imagine an end point of the process that is stable over time. What I can only say is that the structure of the financial services industry is meant to change dramatically and quickly against a backdrop of progressively removing material and operational barriers. So anything could happen. Christina, what's your take on it? Yeah, I think as as sort of Giuseppe said, I think businesses with a strong digital offering have really been doing well over the past 18 months and more products now being sold digitally than ever before. And I think we're unlikely to pedal back to where we were, you know, and this this tra- this trajectory of digital transformation I think is only going to continue. Sounds like an exciting time for the industry. Finally, I'd like to know, Giuseppe, where did Bird and Bird come into this swirling scenario? Yeah, the digitalization of the economy and the massive technological transformation of the global financial sector becomes a huge opportunity for a firm like Bird Bird that, uh, that has high-level capabilities and expertise in all relevant areas impacted by the digital economy and fintech issues from a, artificial intelligence governance to digital rights and assets, software, cloud services, data centers, privacy, data protection governance, outsourcing, cybersecurity, financial regulation, obviously patents, copyright, trade secrets. Setting up new customized business models in the fintech service market or simply in the digital service market poses new and wide-ranging legal regulatory problems for any players requiring ad hoc integrated strategies and legal solutions that Bird Bird can provide. The wide range of possible clients and legal issues in the digital realm requires flexibility at the same time and adequate coordination intervention at an international level. As a global law firm, we are organized to assist our clients with an integrated platform of legal services covering all legal topics in their interaction between digital processes or services and technologies. Yeah, that global reach and that breadth of experience in fintech are just a few of the things that actually attracted me to apply to train at Benbed. Christina, I know you're fairly new to the firm too. What do you see as our USP? Yeah, I would say as one of the sort of leading technology firms, we often find ourselves advising on these emerging technologies just as they're starting out. Um, You know, at the moment, we've got a lot of interest in open banking and we're still seeing new products. Actually, sorry, I'll start this again. Um, Yeah, I think that given that Bird & Bird is one of the world's leading technology firms, we often find ourselves advising on these emerging technologies or cutting edge legal issues. Um, So at the moment, there's lots of stuff going on in open banking. And we're still seeing new products rolled out following the implementation of PSD2. Um, Then at the other end of the spectrum, it's things like NFTs and watching what happens as the regulators become increasingly interested on things like DeFi or distributed finance. Um, So, yeah, lots going on. 
Yeah, as a trainee, some of the best projects I've worked on are contracts involving the use of blockchain for COVID passports and for government and university records and banking records. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the industry develops and I'm curious to see what deals will pop into my inbox next. Now, just to wrap up, um, thank you, Giuseppe and Christina, for taking the time to record this podcast today. We've touched on a lot of topics, uh, the digital data economy, consumer-facing fintechs, open banking, PSD2, and the future of the sector and the future of fintechs. To our audience, well done if you've made it this far into the podcast. Please look out for our next podcast in this summer series about the financial services sector.